one two, a one two. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Off the Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I have some gentlemen of Extraordinary League. Gents, can we go around the table and introduce ourselves, please? You got KR Jones underscore uh, Dragonfly Jones. Is back in the building. Right. <laughs> you got your trainer, Corey. Your favorite trainer's favorite trainer. Your favorite lover's favorite lover. Write that shit down. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shout out to the homie Troy. He's out on location getting that video ready to come out to people very soon. We're gonna he's gonna be dropping some in-home workouts for you to follow along with. And folks, we have a very special guest with us today in the building. Christian Thompson. Christian, what's going on, my man? How you what's feeling? What's what going on? Hey, chilling, bro. Here. Chilling. That's what's up. Thanks for coming out. Uh, could you let the listeners know how you know this collective of gentlemen over here? And uh, maybe we can give a little bit of enlightenment inside the story that we had before. This is our, our take two, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is our take two. Um, so I know Corey. Uh, we uh, we met at a, a fitness location. Fitness uh, space. Yeah, a fitness space. space. <laughs> I like that. I like that place. I was. Yeah, you know, you know. I Appreciate was, it. Uh, big fan of the show, so I know how it works. I know how CTC, to cut the check. Baby. I know how it works. Um, but yeah, so we were at a, a fitness location, if you will. Uh, I was DJing there, um, and we kind of hit it off. And then after that, he brought me on with his new project. So, um, so I'm I'm down there DJing. We allowed to drop that one. Is that one all right? That one's okay. All right. So I'm over at okay uh, DJing uh, DJ Cutlass. So I'm there every once in a while. I check the schedule. That's what's uh, up. So doing that. So and then he's also my personal trainer right now, trying to get me right for the project that I'm on now. Okay. Which is, I guess, one of the reasons why I'm here. Uh, yeah, man. You know, we actually we jump into the theater for the first time today. So I'm with uh, Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, a uh, brand new Broadway show about the Temptations and uh, their life and their, you know, struggles, the ins and outs of, you know, making the legendary sound of Motown. Okay. Well, uh, hold on. That's a whole lot right that's here. That's a whole we, lot. There you go. Whole that's lot. a whole <laughs> joint. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to walk through some of that. Uh-huh. Uh, We're going to take our time to go back through there. But as I was alluding to the first time, now you know Corey, and uh-huh. um, it seems like you guys go back a little bit. Now, the first time you were supposed to be on the show, yes. my man ended up on the other side of the, the wrong river for a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, my good brother over here, Corey, is... He was in the tri-state. <laughs> he was in the tri-state area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're trying to send you a little bit of location on a church, but it's a different church. Yeah, yeah. so uh, so what had happened was, uh, <laughs> so the first time, uh, because, all right, let's take it back a little further. Mm-hmm. I had found out about the podcast, and Corey was like, yo, you got to hear this podcast. I finally listened to it. I was like, I need to be on this. Like, I want to, let's do this. And he was like, oh, absolutely. And like a month went by, and I was like, all right, so we going to do this? So then I started, like, nagging him about it. I was like, get me on this show. Get me on the show. So finally he was like, all right. I saw him on a Sunday, I think it was. And he was like, all right, we've got a meeting tonight, but maybe tomorrow. Like, just be ready. I stayed up to like 2 a.m. and didn't hear from fam. I was like, all right, cool. I guess it's not going to happen. Then I wake up at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, somewhere around there, to a text from Corey at 6 a.m. Like, hey, I know it's early, but like if you can make it happen, that'd be awesome. Like, let's do it tomorrow. So I wake up and I'm like, 
the first thing I do, he sends me the, he sends me this text. <laughs> this is this is key in this story. So wait, he, dude, I just want to point out this is the moment where he's going to try to deflect. No, 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 no. I want to hear this key point. We got we got to let the the guest speak. So here's uninterrupted. You have the floor, sir. Here's here's a key point. He he sends me the address, then goes. It's called. The title is where we're at. And so I was like, bet. Click on if you have an iPhone, you you can click on the address. So I clicked on the address, and I was like, it said it was a twenty minute, uh, you know, car ride away. I was like, dope. I can be there. Don't worry. I'm gonna make this happen for you. You know what I mean? Even though. You text me at six o'clock. I woke up. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm gonna do this. So I get, you know, I get in the shower. You know, I pick out my clothes because I heard y'all. You've been you be on people sometimes. So I'm like, <laughs> I got, I, I gotta be right. So I, I picked that out. I got in the shower. I got out, ready to go. He was like, Hey, you hungry? I got your fam. I was like, Great. So I'm in this car. Maybe five minutes before I get to quote unquote the studio, I realize I go. Now, Corey live. All the way down in, in Brooklyn now. <laughs> so why would he bring his behind all the way up here to Jersey to, to record this podcast? And that's when it kind of dawned on me. Maybe I should double check. And so I did. And yeah, we, we ain't yeah, in Jersey. Yeah, we definitely not in Jersey. We're not right in now. Jersey. <laughs> so so I called this the other I, new. I, I called. Yeah. I called Corey and I was like, "There is no possible way I'm going to make this." Oh, uh, man. That's what happened. I got the lift receipts as well. I was gonna print them out just so you could see them. He kept the receipts, y'all. Listen, He's letting you know because I was I was devastated. I was like, I cannot believe I made that mistake. But listen, crusty eyed Christian in the morning, that will happen. That will happen. Hey, you know we all are we all are on our best. Early. <laughs> you, you I think know, we learned a valuable lesson here. And I do it when I send people addresses is that I put the city. I don't just give you the number. If you just put like one hundred church. Would, it might be a little tricky. You got, you got to play. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the city and the zip. Maybe code. Maybe a zip. Come on, hey, the zip code too, so that you know. Me being crazy, me, I just assume people know that if we in New York, we you want to go to New York. Oh, New but York. so, but so, I hear you. I hear you. Hold on, hold on. But here's I'm, the other thing. Sometimes I'm like, yo, you mean like Alabama? Listen, nah, 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 nah. I'm gonna put you on this real quick though. <laughs> so a couple weeks before, we had just recorded the cast album for Ain't Too Proud. Yeah, and that was in Jersey. Right. So I was like, all right, maybe maybe there's like a tax exemption or something. Maybe there's a reason people are people just, are hating people up Jersey. 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 Bread. You know what I mean? Because like, I'm not gonna hate you for that. You know what I mean? Save the money where you can. So. You you know what, brother? I appreciate you for coming through either way. It sounds like you were willing to share some of that burden in terms of what had went wrong. Oh, for sure. But I hear a little bit of shade in that space. You know, <laughs> it ain't always sunny. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Even the skinny tree shows shade sometimes. All right. <laughs> we know uh, your favorite trainer's favorite trainer. Ain't that good with direction. Technology is not his strong suit. We're going to go ahead and skip past that. We've talked about that before, but, you know. No, I'm not good with directions at all. I've been lost in my neighborhood before. Uh (laughs) Well, I'm glad that we are all here today. For sure. I'm just glad I made it here. Right? (laughs) You know, we we figured it out. Now, Christian, we're going to kick off the show the same way. You said you're a fan of the show. First of all, appreciate that. Absolutely. First and foremost. So now you know what's coming up. We got to kick it off the right way, right? We got to find out. Where were you when you fell in love with fitness? So I, my thing is, I'm still falling in love with fitness. Right on. Because um, fitness for me is such a big part of what I do for a living. 
that I think for a long time I didn't realize that it was fitness that I was in love with. Um, you know, I would finish because I'm a I'm an actor, dancer, singer. So I would I would finish uh, for a while. I did some backup dancing when I was younger, and I would finish a big concert or something like that. And at the end, you know, you see those dancers, they heavy, you know, puffing, and like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, you put in work. But it was that feeling of putting in work um, and feeling of of pushing your body to the limit to create something that I'm just now realizing is fitness and is you know what I mean, uh, an inner strength. So I'm working working with Corey to, you know, push those limits and find, you know, just how to make sure that I'm not huffing and puffing at the end of a show. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, pushing what strength means. So so truthfully, I'm still falling in love with it, um, but I've had an appreciation for it since I was young. And, you know, watching dancers and watching, you know, some of my favorite performers go through. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite performers are the ones that can go through a full concert dancing and jumping and screaming and singing and still totally composed. You know, that kind of strength is is uh, superhuman in a way for me. So so reaching that is is always a goal. Hell yeah, man. That's what we push for this lyrical exercise. We got Absolutely. a lot of performers that, you know, they look a little rocky when they get up there. You mm-hmm. know, you make it past Especially the hits. Especially rappers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> your lean is not released really good it, for your cardio. Not, it's not the best thing. <laughs> lean doesn't assist your Put cardio. Put a couple extra LBs skills. on you, you right. know, make you out of breath. That's not the wave. But right. I heard a triple threat inside there. You said singer, actor, and dancer all in the same space. Yeah, you know, I mean... Do I try to do as much as I can. Okay. Uh, when I was getting ready to go to college, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, well, I could go to, for straight just acting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, uh, and do that. But I thought to myself, why not sharpen every tool in my toolbox? You know what I mean? So I went to school. I went to Penn State for musical theater. Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been training in acting, singing, dancing. Some are better than others and, you know. Um, you know, but also DJ and also, you know, we, you know, you get, get it, it get it where we can. That's what's up, man. Where, where did the DJ aspect come about? Like, how'd that come evolve in that? Because I don't really, you know, chamber music is a little different <laughs> yeah. um, from yeah, what you yeah, would hear yeah. in a typical nightclub space. Though, though, walk me through that a little bit. I mean, listen, you could probably get a good chamber remix in there. And, Yo, that'd be and nuts. I love wow. it. We're going to make that happen. We're going to make that happen. Look at that That's synergy that we just right brought together. That's a project right there. <laughs> chamber Music Society Part 2. <laughs> That's it. Um, not, uh, basically in college, in college, uh, it went from, I mean, I feel like I've heard a lot of DJs say this, you know, they were always packed the ox, you know, it was like, oh, you know, Christian can play, you know, he's got the playlist, he knows what to do. So I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, let me actually do it. So I bought a really small controller that I could just take everywhere. And so I did a couple of frat parties and things like that. Um, and then from then it was just for fun for a while until my friend hit me up to DJ for this fitness space uh, where I met Corey. So it's really been, it's been a kind of a side project for me, just kind of a side, you know, passion project. Um, I've just always had an appreciation for music and, and put music together and, you know, just trying to see what moves people. So um, that's where that came from. I like it, man. And, you know, the what moves people is a story arc that I'm hearing through the whole uh, continuum that you're putting together for us. So, you know, people move to the vocal aspect. Yeah. People move around the celebration of dance, you know, and obviously controlling that mix at the, at the helm with the DJ. You know, you, you get to pick and choose where you want to have people feel that emotion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely, there definitely is, 
I wouldn't say like a God complex to it almost. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, even as an actor, you know, you get to your whole job is to imagine and try to create new lives and as honestly as possible. Um, new lives or lives that were already created, you know, and already lived and yeah. trying to portray those as honestly as possible. Um, so it's just something about human connection, the human uh, condition and the human experience that um, just, you know, really is what I'm into. It's it's what, you know, wakes me up in the middle of the night. I'm like, well, what happens if, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's that's really what just kind of gets, you know, my mind turning. So that's kind of. I mean, looking back on it now that you say that, yeah, that's 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 kind of been the mission statement from day one. Is there a particular moment in time that you could look back to and say, you know what, this is going to be the thing that I want to do, and this is what I'm going to put up, you know, put the skin in the game, so to speak, to make this happen, make this a real situation? Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, you can do you can do like the the you know the, you know how Batman has like different origin stories. Like you've got like when he was younger. And, like, his parents died, so, like, then he knew he was going to do something, and then, like, he trained, and he was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. So I, I kind of have that where, like, <sighs> when I was eight, I saw this musical called Cats. Um, so if right those on. that don't know about Cats, it's a bunch of grown-ass people in, in unitards uh, dancing around. I just uh, remember the Winter Garden Theater for whatever reason. I don't know why. Now and forever. Yeah, yeah, that commercial, you know. yeah. 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 I know uh, nothing about that. I'm not even going to lie. But That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. So uh, classic musical theater is is one of the most polarizing, though. If you ask anybody, they either love it or they hate it. Um, I was eight years old. My mom put me on the aisle. It was a touring production that came down to Florida. Um, they, she put me on the aisle because she knew they came through the aisles. So at one point, I had this person dancing right next to me in this cat suit and cat makeup. I was like, that's somebody's job. Like you can get paid for that. Yeah. No, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. do. (laughs) And and that was it. And then literally from that day, I was eight years old. And from that day, it helped that I was at an art school as a public school. Um, Florida has a great program. South Florida has a great program where it's called the magnet program where they have specific schools for specific things like arts or, you know, the sciences or law uh, and you can actually be bused to those schools if you audition and get in. So I lived across the street from the art school. So I was already in that environment because my mom thought that was important. So I was already in that environment. So I knew it was a possibility. But as soon as I saw it as an occupation, you know, because you, you always had those career days and they're like, oh, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be it's like, I'm gonna be an actor. Boom. And and that was it. And that was the mission. Yeah. From from that day, that was the mission. And then growing up, then it was falling in love with hip-hop dance. Okay. And being like, all right, so I'm going to be a dancer and an actor. And I was like, oh, but I'm already doing musicals, so maybe I should learn how to do jazz and ballet and tap as well because that's going to then, you know, inform the rest of my performance. So there was that. And then in middle school, I was like, all right, I'm hip-hop dancing, um, doing this acting thing. The only way I'm going to be able to do both is if I create it. So for a while, that's kind of where like music and DJing kind of came. But then we had Lin Manuel who yeah. came in and changed the game completely. So <laughs> all of a sudden, about it, about that. It's, so it's it's no more about me having to create it for the first time, but now me finessing it the way I see uh, fit in the business. That's what's that's up, dope. man. That's definitely dope. Um, I guess my question to you is like this: this this 
cross between music, right? And yeah. Movement. It Absolutely. seems to be very. It started when you were young, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like it sounds like everything you did was orchestrated. Like, what got you to that mindset of like, you know, all right, this is it. Was it someone teaching you as you were younger or was it like your parents kind of influence of seeing other people go through that kind of pathway? Like what, what got you to create this pathway is what I'm getting. At. That's a, that's a great question. A question I truthfully, I'm gonna try to give you an answer, but truthfully, I don't think I have an exact one. Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest thing I think was, I mean, my mom was a single parent mother um, that was doing everything she could to make sure I was in a better place uh, and that, that I had every opportunity possible. Um, so for a while, I don't know, that singular focus was just from not having the uh, the agency to do a bunch of things you know we really could only do one like you focus on this she had me in sports and stuff like that as well and i love those but it was a time management thing of like well i can't get you to this practice this practice and this rehearsal and that so you've got to narrow this down you've got to figure out what is important early on best example of my mother as far as figuring out what's important she sat me down when i was maybe six years old so i'm from fort lauderdale florida so at the time i was rooting for both miami and New England teams because my family's <laughs> from from Boston area. Mm -hmm. So she sat me down at like five or six and was like, listen, we're rivals in a good amount of major sports. So you can't root for both. <laughs> You're going to have to pick one. Mm -hmm. At that time, I don't know who somebody in New England was doing well. <laughs> um, I was like, well, I guess I'm doing New England teams. And from that day forth, I've been a diehard, you know, New England Boston fan and like have not gone back. Like, I've got love for the Heat and stuff it's, like it's that. It's real tough being a Patriots fan right now. You, you, I don't, okay? now that I won't talk Are about. Are you holding it down? No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what, listen, pulling through? I've, I've always said, my whole thing about, about the Patriots is I'm a fan of that team. I'm a fan of that franchise, no matter who's there, no matter who is the owner, no matter who is the coach, when they suck, I'm still going to love them. So they're on a high right now. Just we for like all, the last decade. We all know that's going to end. We all know that's going to end because <laughs> yeah, people are chasing. Right. You know, it's the same thing with Golden State. People are chasing Golden State. So at some point, that reign will end, you know. Um, so it might end soon. Uh, but, you know, that's just me. That's what I'm just saying. Um, but even when it does, I'll still be a Patriots fan. That's you what's know? Up. And so, And when that happens, I'm almost going to be relieved to be able to be like, see, I told y'all. This isn't fair weather. This isn't about the rings for me. You know, this is this is a homegrown thing. Uh, but yeah, it's real tough right now. It's, 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 it's rough. Winning like it's, half it's, the championships, right? The <laughs> Only one. It's rough. Drop his name. Man. <laughs> nah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> oh, That's wild. But uh, yeah, no. But focus has has always been a big thing with my mom. Um, and I don't know. I was just weird about it. I was just weird where I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. And so then everything from that point, every choice I made was about getting there. It was about getting to that goal, um, which for the longest time was getting to Broadway. Um, so did that. Yeah. <laughs> Check. <laughs> One last follow-up question to yeah, that. Man. Uh, what adversity did you go through along the way? Right. Cause I see you from across and I'm looking at you and you look like, you know, uh, a very fair skinned brother, you know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. Did you ever come across any type of racial tension or like any type of, you know, just any 
anything to hold you back from what you wanted to accomplish to get to this point right now? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, race was, was absolutely a part of it. You're absolutely right, though. I was, I'm fortunate in, in my light skinnedness. Uh, you know, uh, because, you know, uh, colorism is very much a thing. Uh, light skin privilege is very much a thing. Um, so I was able to find a, a pathway that was less offensive to a lot of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, it was things, even such as like being in college and getting a bunch of like black material, like things from like color purple or like there's a musical violet that's got a real spiritual song, but like, that's not how my voice works. Mm-hmm. So like one of my first, my first national tour was with Rent. Um, and I understudied Roger and that's a big rock score. And like, I can sing that down. Like that's closer to what my voice actually does. But my teacher saw me and thought, this is, oh, this is what you must do. So even it almost worked in the opposite way where like they were trying to give me space. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, that's not, but that's not me. You're not seeing me as an individual. And so that took me years to, to readjust. Um, So between that, um, yeah, even just, just as much as like trying to get into uh, college or get into shows, it's this, it's this constant idea. We've heard it before where you got to be two times, three times as better just to be in the same room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a private high school. Only way I could be there was on scholarship. So I had to get a scholarship in order to be there. You know, um, I was fortunate enough to get it, you know, so every time, every time there was any kind of adversity or any kind of pushback, um, it was one of those things where me and my mom would, would make a plan and we'd figure it out, uh, to either go around above or below it and make it happen. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. I've, I've been very fortunate, uh, with a lot of things and a lot of people, uh, looking out for me. That's what's up, man. What I got a question. Cause whenever I talk to people, especially like in the life coaching situation, I was asked like what to kind of establish what your goals are, mm-hmm. what's your end game? Like, where's the point in your career where you're like, all right, I did it. Like what's that final level of accomplishment that you're looking forward to? Truthfully, I don't know right now. Because for the longest time, my life goal was to get to Broadway. I was like, this is going to take a while. Because uh, for a lot of people, it, it does take a while. For a lot of people, it doesn't even happen. Um, my original goal was I just want to be able to create art and create a living based off of that art. So I'm not worried about bills. I'm not worried about anything. And I'm still acting. I'm still performing. Um, but now I'm doing that. Now I've I've reached Broadway, uh, which is cra- that's so crazy. Dude, that's like the NFL <laughs> no, like, of musical just, theater, you know, right there. That's I mean, it. It's <laughs> it's just talk um, that talk, man. Let you know, know, like it's crazy. So now I'm in this place where I've reached my life, quote unquote, life goal. So now I get to I get the opportunity. I got a roommate that was like, take away like wants, like I want or I need to do this, and instead replace it with. I have the opportunity to. So I'm trying that. It's dope person. As, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I have the opportunity to now reflect and figure out what it is I actually want for my life. You know, um, so I'm not quite sure what it is. I know I want to continue working. I want to continue making money um, so that I don't have to worry 
You know, I don't need to be rich and famous. I mean, but listen, if rich and famous is out there, like, I'll have me. <laughs> I'm just looking for you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not. If it got to land on somebody. You know what, you I'm, know saying? what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not one of those people that's like, hey, I don't want to be famous. I don't want, you know, because there are people out there that are like, hey, listen, I want to stay under the radar as much as possible. But if it don't happen, I would not be mad, you know, um, if but I would be mad if I couldn't do this every day. It's art over fame. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's up. I like the story of you setting your own uh, design goal, right? And you you saying what success is, not comparing that to anybody else inside that space. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot that I think people need to hear in terms of why that's important as opposed to trying to compare and contrast to somebody else that has might have walked a similar path. Um, but the heart of the matter that I want to ask next revolves around the idea of what happened at the first point in time where, you know, Broadway didn't seem like it was as destined as it is today? Um, because we, we talk a lot about how people see their goal, they set their goal, but then you don't always hit it the first time out. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Could you give the people a little bit of that story as to when this dream was first tested? Yeah. And what you had to do to find a resolve to get back to the point that you are today? Absolutely. Uh, I think probably one of the biggest ones was right when I was leaving college i was in final callbacks for the original broadway cast of hamilton okay um so and when so final callbacks for for our listeners that don't know uh in in the musical theater world you have to go through a series of auditions the first time is probably with like an assistant to the assistant um then the second time you finally get like maybe the casting director third times like casting director and their friend um you know and then you kind of go down that list until you get to like final callbacks and you're in front of the creatives so you're in front of the people that actually have created the work so for me i was in front of alex lackmore um and tommy kale uh who was the music director and orchestrator and the director of of hamilton um so i was in the room with them so i got into that point um, and in my head, I was like, this is, this is it. Send it this back. It's absolutely hundred percent. Also, you know, had that young, fresh out of college confidence. Um, get that curly hair confidence. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know <laughs> how it go. Hair been curly. Uh, it had been curly. Um, <laughs> I was finally like growing a beard. Like, so I was like, oh, oh, I got this now. Um, but also because of how my life had built up. It felt very much like this was this was the peak. This was the meeting of the two giants of hip hop and musical theater. Right as I graduated college, it felt destined is what it felt. Um, and so I went through that audition. I had a dance call with Andy Blankenbuehler, who was a choreographer. And once again, I thought it was in the bag. And then a week went by. And this is the other thing about theater is that they don't have to let you know that you didn't get it. So it was one of those things where like a week went by, two weeks went by. It was like a month later. And they were like, this is the cast. And I was like, oh, guess I'm not in that. Yo, that's Wow. And so it took me a second because I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do now. Like I was basically preparing to jump on the Broadway. I was, I was ready. So I was looking at New York apartments. I was looking at, and I hadn't graduated yet either. So I'm still in Pennsylvania just trying to figure that out. And so it was one of those things where I had to look at myself and realize that once again, my worth was not based upon 
what project I was doing. Uh, my worth was not based upon what a few people thought I could do. I think that was a big thing. And it's a big thing in this industry where because a few people get to tell you whether or not you get to do something, we sometimes equate that with self-worth. And I feel like that's a, that's a, a misguided mentality um, where it is, it's not so much about what you can do and what your worth is, but just what they think their team needs, what their team roster needs at the time, whether they're right or wrong. You know, I've seen shows where I'm like, this person is not in their element. This probably should not have been the choice. But they they got the job, you know, and good for them. You know what I mean? Um, Get that work, get that money, and, you know what I mean, good for them. But know that that's not a knock on you. Um, So that was kind of the thing. So then I went for this audition for this tap role. And, like, I had just started tapping, so I didn't think I was – and ended up booking – the the inaugural cruise of uh Norwegian the Norwegian Escape doing After Midnight, which was this big show. Dulé Hill was in, Fantasia was in. Um, but so we got to do it on a cruise ship. Uh, and that was massive. So I was playing a, a role that was based off of the Nicholas brothers. So I was tapping my face off. And I never thought I'd be able to do something like that. But it was one of those things where like if I had let a, you know, that creative team tell me what I was worth. Or even myself tell me what I was capable of, you know, because I was telling myself I wasn't capable of doing this tap thing. Um, if I had stopped there, I wouldn't have made it to the next step. Um, so, you know, that was kind of that was a moment where I was like, oh, OK, like, uh, you know, dust off. I'm, I say dust off like I didn't like boohoo cry at home. Like, don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. You know, what I mean, it was it was a low. For a while, yeah, for, for like a month or so, I was like, I don't want to audition. I don't want to do nothing. Like my grades were kind of suffering, because that was that was that was it for me, you know. Um, but then, as soon as I as soon as I quote unquote dusted off, you know, it was back to the ground, and you know, I'm I'm glad that it didn't take too long for me to realize that. Yeah, celebrate this man one time, people. Um, make sure you make some noise for that. We, uh, you know, you feel whatever you need to feel at that time um and having that low is really an indicator of how much you really wanted to put up for it right how much it meant to you at that point in time and if you're doing you're chasing your dreams you're gonna feel that low no matter where you go throughout uh life you're not gonna get everything out um out the box be a hundred percent perfect but if it was how boring would that be right right you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be as satisfying as to when you do get to this all right, now I'm touching the stage. I see the marks on here. Now I'm mm-hmm. looking up at the lights and I see my name on there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Christian, I'm going to ask you to flex a little bit for us because we okay with the flex. <laughs> All right. Know? Humble or no humble. Yeah, no, no, no. You got to let them flex. So what was the emotion when you finally got this one and you said, you know what? All right, I'm going to be on here. And you're starting to go through to the points where you're making, okay, this is real. I'm now looking up Smokey. I'm looking through yeah. some of the catalog. I'm yeah. getting into that mindset. Talk me through that and make sure you skip any humility that you might feel that you have to put inside here hit him with the big flex right. chest out we got all the right. chains out right now folks all right so the so the big flex um i was why my voice changed grab the microphone with two hands like this you gotta let them know what the big flex sound right. like so on uh on the big flex so i was on the national tour of rent when uh i got an email from the writer of ain't too proud and she was like hey can you come in to audition for the show I'm about to work on. I was like, yeah, sure. Because I had like a day off and I was going to fly out to Chicago to open in Chicago. So I had a day off, went in, 
killed the audition. Uh, and I was like, did that. And sure enough, like a week later, I found out that I booked this gig for Ain't Too Proud uh, in Berkeley, California. So it was the world premiere of this show. And I had heard rumors that like, oh, this might go like this is a big uh, it's a big situation. And so we get out to Berkeley. We do that about halfway through. Uh, halfway through, we realize we're not going to Broadway. So that was another one of those pitfalls where we're like, well, what now? But they were like, don't worry. We're going to we're going to get back together around May. May turned around. We ended up doing a three city uh, pre-Broadway tour. And it was halfway through that tour while we were in L.A., like a day before we opened in L.A., they got us all together on the stage and announced that we were headed to Broadway and we were going to the Imperial. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I boo cried. I'm a crier. That's the thing I do. I'm not mad at it. Um, don't at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but I boo cried because for me, it was this thing of like, we we did it. And there's a video, there's a great video of the first day of rehearsal where our lead, uh, Derek Baskin, literally runs around the room and he's like, we made it. We And that was that was the emotion that for me turned into crying. But it was this idea of we have worked so hard. And if you if you pull up the cast, go ahead and ain't too proud musical.com. There was one white person in that cast. So it is a group of all different shades of uh, black men and women telling black stories uh, on a Broadway stage. That right there, that's the biggest flex right there. Um, so we we made it was was really uh, that exuberant feeling of like beyond everything, beyond any, you know, any kind of obstacle. This group right here with a female African-American woman uh, at the at the writing helm, um, you know, our music music director, also African-American man. Um, we did that. You know, and we're about to do that. Uh, and I think we know how special it is and how special it's going to be for a bunch of people. Um, so that, the big flex was we we made it. We did that. That's what's up, man. That's what's yeah, up. True. I have never been to Broadway, but I feel like I'm going now. You about Come to, on now. About to go You know now. I'm there. You know yes, I'm in. I got to pull up. We got to pull out the tux. Come off the now. strength. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let them know. Open it's going to be a different show than the last time I was on Broadway. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> nah. Which Broadway are you talking about? Hey, the one in Jersey? He's just talking Jersey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one in Brooklyn. <laughs> the one in Brooklyn. All right. <laughs> different, different spot. Different. Yeah. Different. I'm excited to uh, see you up there. Um, and Kyle, yes, it is a little bit of a different kind of situation. Um, what, is, what would you say are some of the biggest common misconceptions about what it is that being on Broadway actually entails? So I've had a couple of run-throughs with some people that I worked for uh, in terms of being uh, either dancers or yeah. singers on that space. So I kind of have a little bit of that inside uh, uh -huh. information where I look at you guys as athletes, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because there's a lot that has to come through. But I don't know if that permeates to the rest of the existence as to, like, how extensive the preparation is. Can you give a little breakdown on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I was training with Corey kind of off. So we had about three months off in between uh, the end of the tour and the beginning of Broadway rehearsals. Um so I was training with him just to get ready for rehearsals for the show mm -hmm. um, because the the the, the uh, fitness aspect is so demanding. 
uh, and especially for myself, uh, I'm in the ensemble of this show. So for us, we're not even on stage all the time, um, which is a whole different experience. You know, so our leads, you know, the people playing the five classic temps are on stage almost the entire show. So that kind of endurance, that's one thing. You know, um, imagine, you know, getting on your your elliptical or on your treadmill, singing and talking in a way that, you know, a thousand people can hear you. Yeah for two and a half hours go ahead try it at home let me know how it goes it's not gonna go well that's right? how you know, I live my life it's not gonna go well alright for Corey it'll go well for everybody else it might not go well you obviously haven't heard this man order his breakfast sandwich he's coming in there get that bacon okay alright he's like sir sir I'm right here I'm across the counter jeez um, please stop yelling sir um <laughs> So so there's that. Or there's the other thing, which is also a completely different uh, existence, which is going out on stage for 30 seconds, giving everything you have, everything out of your tank, and then coming backstage, changing clothes and getting ready to do it again in like five minutes. You know, so for me, I do that throughout Act 1. And then Act 2, I become a temptation uh, when I play Damon Harris. And so for the last, like, 20 minutes of the show, I'm on stage the entire time dancing down. And, like, that is a completely different thing. And once again, having to sing at the same time, so having that, that diaphragmatic support, yeah. um, being able to be self-aware as far as acting. So there's also a mental thing to it. Um, so you've got all of that going on. Um, and then at the end of the day, you got to go home. Yeah. Uh, and then I think what a lot of people don't realize is the hours are so strange. Like, so for me today, so we start tech today. So tech is when we put everything together finally in the theater and we get ready to show it to people. Um, so I'm there from 1 till 12.45 at night today. And we do that again tomorrow. So those are those are called um, 10 out of 12s. So we work for 10 hours out of 12 hours. Um, and we'll do that for the next two or three days. And then we're showing people the show. That's all we got. Um, but at the same time, within all of that, I've got to, you know, keep up my own fitness. I've got to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. I got to make sure I am warming up vocally, warming up mentally, uh, warming up physically. Um, so I've got to do all of that within, you know, the few hours I have between waking up and getting enough sleep um, and getting to the theater. And I mean, in New York, just getting somewhere is is a uh, hustle on its own. You know, what I mean, yeah, it's it might a journey. end up in Jersey. You yeah. know, you, you, <laughs> then what? You know, and I can't call my director and be like, "Hey, there is no possible way I'm going to make it." <laughs> hey, there's another <laughs> Broadway over here. Yeah, I'm in Broadway in Brooklyn. Yo, you want to at the Junction? I'm Broadway by the Bay. Like that's not that ain't. That's I got not you the these move. Jordans though, if you <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, I think it was uh, ESPN did a special on uh, one of the Lion King performers. And, like, the amount of force that they use um, and, and energy they use throughout a show. It's incredible. I think one of it was, like, she does one number and she has to run faster than the average sprinter around the stage in order to get to her quick change. And then she has to leap with the force of, like, five. I was like, this what? 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 And But that's that is what, that's what we're doing yeah. every night. And this is the other thing people I think people don't realize is we have to do that eight times a week. Yep. So it's not one of those things where, you know, you got, you know, NFL, you got the one game. You got that one game that week. And, I mean, people freak out. 
when you all of a sudden got a Thursday game or you got one of those Monday nights and you had, you know, two days less than you usually have. We got a show Tuesday, two Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two Saturday, a Sunday, you know what I mean? Or something. And that's the nice schedule. There's also the, the I call it not nice schedule, which is when we do a five show weekend, which is one Friday, then two Saturday, two Sunday. You've done five shows, you know, within three days. Nah, that's, that's, that's a whole different. That's a whole different situation. Puts that five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes in a different spin. Hello, all right, come on, come on now, I man. See you. We had to do a little research. I see you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, come on. You um, didn't hear you, you didn't hear the vocal warm ups yeah. before you came <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> we, I do the sound of music. You know, uh, right? Get us oh, that come from the diaphragm. Uh, with it. You, you ain't ready. You gonna do nah, it? Nah, nah, nah. We not gonna do that. We gonna, we, we add it in the post. I'm already <laughs> I'm already warm, fam. I'm already warm right now. You know what I'm saying? You we put that. it in on post, you know. Yeah, oh no, <laughs> man! I think uh, a lot of people don't realize the that athleticism that comes to yeah. the dance world and music and singing. And in college, I definitely dated a dancer, so I got that inside look of like, yeah. oh boy, wow. <laughs> yo, this is where we, yo, is that catchphrasing right there? <laughs> nah, we're gonna have to pull back. I don't know where it's That's called. A pull back? I'm, <laughs> oh God, y'all gotta relax, man. No, that was I knew life. what you meant. So tell, tell us, you get what I'm saying? I about to tell about the look, the inside nah, look. The we don't, we don't need that. We don't need none of that. You want the inside scoop? If you tell me about the scoop. No, but on the real, man, just just to be a fly on the wall to understand what that rehearsal schedule is like right. and to have that five show weekend was like, yo, y'all are the real athletes. Like for a while, I would preach like the hardest sport in the world to me was tennis because it's like mm. you got to start, stop, go. You got to hit this little ass ball with this racket. And then I got into the dance world and I was just like, yo, you just did a jump, three spin, uh-huh. land on one foot bounce back i'm like nah fam right so i guess my question from all of that is when you're in these rehearsals is there a a coaching aspect to it right in the sense of the people that's directing these rehearsals is it like i don't want to say a strength and conditioning coach but is it just someone who went through this uh who went through the dance world and Mm -hmm. knows what they're talking Mm -hmm. about and they give you that direction or is this all just god-given ability and talent that you're going off of like what is that? So a lot of it is is past training. You know, a lot of a lot of what your uh, job is is to bring in what you've been trained to do. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's why you'll see professionals always stay in class. You know what I mean? It's not something where like once you do it, then you're good. You know what I mean? You know, you learned how to play piano. You're done. You know, you still got to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that idea of training so that you can do that spin on that one spot and not move from your spot. Um, but then also our choreographer, Sergio Trujillo, is amazing in himself. Uh, he's choreographed a bunch of hits, but he also used to dance with Michael back in the day. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's been through it. His, his associate, uh, Edgar, also used to dance with Michael back in the day. You know, So they've been through the ringer. They know what this life is like. Um, but they will push us. They, you know, sometimes we're like, y'all must forget we human because you want us to do this again or you want us to try to hit this step. And they're like, and they just flex on you do the Michael lean. Right. You just lean at you like lean in on you. Yes. So you're going to do it like this Kyrie angle I'm putting on you right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Is it uh, 
I guess is it an individualized kind of thing, like where to everyone gets their own talent brought out of them, or is everyone gathered together um, to perform? I'm just trying to get it. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's a it's a bit of both. It's it's interesting because with the Temptations, their whole thing was about being together. That synchronicity, uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. So for that, a lot of times, what we did in this rehearsal process was all about cleaning. It was all about dancing together. Um, so it's about bringing your individual talents to the group for the group's betterment. Um, when we were creating it, though, uh, kind of back in Berkeley and stuff like that, a lot of it was like, all right, we'll mess with this. Like, what does this look like? Like, just groove this out. And then we found what we wanted. And then everybody learned what that was. Gotcha. Um, so it's definitely, there's definitely a lot of individual input. But then at the end of the day, it's about being with the group. Um, so we definitely, we definitely had a good 30 minutes on like two steps, just like literally like walking from side to side because we weren't together and like just doing that over and over and over again. Um, cause that's how specific it has to be. So, so with all the, uh, all the different outside influences, like emotional different things that, that are going on. How do you find time to like center yourself mentally before you go on stage and then afterwards to kind of bring yourself back? I know like as athletes, we've all had to like kind of put ourselves into a zone and do a particular thing or have a routine. Mm -hmm. What do you do to get yourself in that mental space to prepare? Because, you know, you have emotional things that are going on, but you have to drop that off to be yeah. your character. What Absolutely. Do you do? Uh, yeah. Pre-show ritual is a must. It's an absolute must. Um, for me, it it starts with the soundtrack uh i always i always have to be listening to music uh the music changes depending on where i am in the day uh for a while as an ensemble every sunday we had sunday's best so it was always gospel on sunday um you know but sometimes for me it's because uh, i i suffer with a lot of anxiety problems um and panic attacks so for me sometimes it's like really really soothing things um, just to get me down off of what I was coming from. Um, so whatever that is, it's it's stretching, it's vocally preparing, uh, it's steaming, uh, steaming the vocal cords, making sure that all that's gone and, and dealt with. Um, and for the longest time, I listened to, to Zion from uh, Miss Lauren Hill. Hell, um, boogie. You know, because mm -hmm. that was, to me, the most focused and the most... I mean, I know she was talking about her son, but for me, I was like, oh, I'm giving all of this up to something bigger. This is not just about me. Um, and when I could focus on that, that kind of brought me into everything else. Um, so that for the longest time was the song I listened to before every show. Um, but it's just pre-show ritual. Uh, and it's also just checking in with your castmates. That's the other thing is, you know, before we go out there, we have a prayer circle every night on the stage, you know, so we get, you know, five minutes to places. We'll go down, you know, circle up. If anybody has anything on their mind, they can speak it, you know, and then we pray and then we're out and then we're ready to go. That's what's up. Yeah. Um. One one other thing is so out there somewhere, you know, there's that there's that one actor who's listening is that one young brother, young sister who's yeah. listening and may hear you and you may be that next drive that piece of you know that that next level of vision what what words would you say to that person who's listening right now who is in the same position you were when you were eight when you realized this is what i want to do what what is what do they do what do you have for them? well uh i would say two things uh one you're not crazy uh for the longest time people 
kept telling me I was crazy. Um, even even my mom, who was super supportive, wanted me to keep playing viola instead of going into acting. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I want to be an actor. That's what I want to do. I mean, there's mad money in viola, though. Big I viola mean, is out there. Big viola is moving right now. Listen, I understand, but we made it. So it's all right. <laughs> so that's the first thing. First thing is you're not crazy. The second thing is not even my words. It's our writer's words. Uh, Dominique, she told me this. Uh, she told me this when I first met her working on a different project. Um, she wrote a show for myself and five other actors while we were at Penn State called Blood at the Root. Um, so while we were on that, she told us that the, the best thing she had ever heard was, if you serve the art, the art will serve you. Um, and that right there changed my whole mindset. Um, and she clarified and she said, doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. Doesn't mean you're not, you know, going to have to figure out where this rent check is going to come from. But if you put everything you have into that art, it will come back to you. Um, and I have, I have seen people think they're doing it and realize they're not. And it's not coming back because it's not everything. Um, I've got a lot of friends that come to the city and get stuck into this working to pay rent, paying rent to work cycle. Um, and they think they're giving everything but they're not. They're giving everything to something else. Yeah, you try um, to Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but if you truly give everything you've gotten to the art, the art will serve you back. There's a difference between busyness and effectiveness. Absolutely. And that sounds like there's something that you had to come to a realization pretty early on. Um, because you talk about people who are really in that acting space. How many slashes do you have going through there right now? Right. We got the big slashes. You know, he's actor, singer, dancer extraordinaire. You know? Yeah, we're putting the pressure on Lynn. DJ, Manuel. yeah, DJ. <laughs> I'm sorry, I yeah, forgot a slash. Uh, Lynn, we coming. You hear those footsteps? It's yes, click sir. clack right now. Buddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, but you know, people are bussing tables. People yeah. are you know doing everything and anything to get that extra little bit of money. Absolutely. But, you know, you have to always return back to the craft at some point in time well it's that it's that thing of like there is no shame in busting those tables but like when you have your break are you writing that script that you wanted to write or are you just you know taking your coffee break and talking to your friends you know um there's no shame in bartending but are you using that time wisely so if you're waking up later that means you can get to a class before you have to go to work you know because you don't start work until nine so you can get that five o'clock dance class are you there or are you just sleeping until five and then rolling over to the bar? Like that's, that's the difference, you know? Um, and I feel like a lot of times people like to kid themselves that they're doing everything they can when in actuality they're not. That's an excellent point. The informed grind. I think yeah. you, you made a great point that a lot of people put in effort Yes, and they put, they, they exert and they think that I just put energy into this, into working and I'll just naturally move forward. There's energy, but there's also a lot of logic. There's a lot of mm-hmm. designed and understood decisions that have to be made and time management has to go into it. So if you have a dream and you want to really push forward on that dream, you have to plan all the steps. You have to have the micro goals and you have to get in that situation. And just like you, you had your goal for Broadway, you hit it. And now you're trying to figure out what your next goal is because yeah. you're not done. Yeah. You know, so you always have to plan through all those stages and steps. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like the other thing is um oh ooh look at that there go that train thought 
Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. So, hi, man. We got you. We're going to let it go. We're going to let it go. That's what the boom. Let things go. Let things go. Let it go. That's what it was. He was about to hit the note. Kyle was about to hit the note. He's getting ready about to hit the Listen, we're not going to have this interview and not talk about the Temptations. My favorite of all Temptations. David Ruffin, you know what I'm saying? Hey, all right. Temptations ain't nothing without David Ruffin, you yeah, get what hey. I'm saying? You know, so uh, I guess what is your your knowledge on the Temptations and, you know, the, the music that they bought and Motown and their yeah. story? What is it like to, to bring that story to life? Uh, it's an insane privilege. Um, I won't get too much into their story only because that's our show. Gotcha. That's literally exactly what the show is. I will say, you've got to come see our David Ruffin. Oh, of course. All right, Ephraim Sykes is out there doing stuff no other man could ever do. There's a few things he's doing I don't know if David could do. Like mm-hmm. It's like that. Um, so make sure to check him out. But um, the Temptations were, were um, labeled as the best, the number one R&B group of all time recently. Um, and I think that is absolutely 100% true. Um, and if you asked me that three years ago before I started this, I would say you, you had your mind. Um, but between all of the music, all the hits, all of the breaks that they created in that studio between Motown and the, the Motown musicians that were in those studios, um, because it's not just, you know, Smokey who, you know, wrote a lot of their hits, um, and then Norman Whitfield. Uh, and some of the other writers that were in that Motown group, but also just musicians that were in there, that were in those studio sessions doing all of Motown records, you know, not just uh, The Temptations or not just, you know, The Supremes. Um, so that entire group, I mean, you want to talk about it takes a village, you know, it takes an army. That entire Motown movement was uh, created by an army of, of like-minded people um, and I think the big thing that you see on that stage is just how tough it was, but also how rewarding it was, um, how against the odds it was for them to even exist, uh, for them to move through that space and become what we know as the greatest R&B group of all time. Um, so that for me has been a pure joy. Um, you know, I got to I got to meet Smokey Robinson in L.A., um, which was crazy. Humble flex. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. that was that was insane. He gave me a big old hug. Um, didn't really say much, but, I mean, that was enough. It yeah. was enough to just be in his presence and him not be like, well, you didn't, you, you messed that up. Like, <laughs> as long as he had nothing bad to say, I was happy. If um, the guy you're playing gives you a hug, I think that that's already yeah, stepping we're, right we're, right. yeah, we're, we're all right. We're all right. You know, we, we, uh, we met Barry Gordy uh, back when we were in Berkeley. Um, you know, and Otis, who is the last living member of the classics of the, he's the founder of the temptations has been with us since day one. So, um, he's, he's uncle O, uh, and, and he's been nothing but a joy to be around and the stories that he comes with, um, Shelly Berger, who is their manager, uh, who is also in the show. Um, he, he's been around as well. Um, so shout out to, to Otis and Shelly for, uh, being there and, you know, supporting us and telling their story. Damn, man, I can't wait to check it out. Make sure everybody listening pulls up to check out Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. Yeah, yeah. Coming at them soon. You got a date for them yet? Uh, yeah, so we start previews this Thursday. February 28th is the first time you can see it. Uh, then we officially open March 21st at the Imperial Theater. 
All right, folks. Now, Christian, before we let you get up out of here, uh-huh. we got to ask you some stuff that's off the strength a little bit. All right. right. So now I see you moving around with some bags. You got a lot of running around you got to do today. Yeah. What's inside that bag that's the go-to for you when you're moving around off the strength? You got a couple, you got your activity stuff that you got to do. I see a couple outfit changes that you got to uh-huh. move through. Yeah, yeah. Natural yeah. juices and berries you, you know, got to store. For you got to right. keep the curls right. solid, curls. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah the for cur- real. The Hit them with the argon. What, what, what do you got to use? Stay, I stay with my dick. In the bag. There we go. Cut the check. I'm looking for that sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> cut the check. Cut Listen, the check. Cut the check. Uh, but I stay with that in my bag. Um, I also stay with uh, some vitamins. Uh, I've got some stress gummies as well. Um, nothing, nothing, you know, crazy. He ain't but, get them from Kyle. He's, he's they, they straight up and down. They legit. <laughs> right, right, wow. right, right. Tip your dealer. Dang. <laughs> Tip your dealer. <laughs> but Shout out to Doug. So, <laughs> much love, Doug. It's so good. <laughs> so uh, definitely some change of clothes. Uh, we have rehearsal today, like I said. So I've got some sweatpants in there, things like that. Um, I got a lint roller in there. You know, always got to have a lint roller uh, for you and your friends. Uh, I don't know. That's about it. Water bottle. You know, staying hydrated, making yeah. sure the voice. I want to get those gloves because you keep about. complaining about getting your hands all rough. How dare you? I had some gloves. I lost them. I don't know where they are. We're going to make sure we get you some gloves. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. We need that's, to look out for that's the That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. Some cough drops. Always with some cough drops as well. That's, Stay that's ready. It. Yeah. What's one of the greatest lessons that you had to learn twice? Before it really set in place. Oh man, everyone. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I am I am a stickler for making a mistake twice, uh, for sure. Uh, one of the uh, biggest mistakes I feel like that I've had to learn twice was, I guess. Ooh, that's good. Uh, tempering my reactions to things, um, which is. Interesting. Uh, I had my my professor in college, Steve Broadnax, uh, one time pulled me aside because he was he was giving notes after a run of a show, uh, and he was like, "Hey, you need to focus on your face when I'm giving you notes." I was like, "My face." <laughs> and then you <laughs> like, made a face when he said it. Was, it. Right. I, I was like, <laughs> He's like that. That right there. That face right my, there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's the face. <laughs> And he was like, well, I, I know what you're doing. I can understand that you're just internalizing what I'm telling you and trying to figure it out on the spot. That is what you, you know, that's how you work. I get that. Other directors will not get that. And they're going to think you give them attitude because when you furrow your brow and you raise that eyebrow and you're like, I'm sorry, what did you just say to me? Say that again. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, yeah, he's hard to work with. Um, so that happened once and then it happened again, actually on this project where, you know, there was a couple of times where I was getting a couple of notes and I either didn't agree with them or, you know, and I could, and this time that no one pulled me aside, but I could feel the reaction. I could feel the, the small pullback. And I was like, oh no, no, don't put yourself in that lane. Cause it only takes, you know, one more time for that to happen for you to not be in this room. Hmm. Um, I think that's a big thing because I've seen it because we've gone through some cast member changes um, for one reason or the other, you know, whether it's uh, because of something they've done or if it's because of just, you know, creative differences. Um, The fact of the matter is 
it is very easy to not be in the room. Um, so that was a lesson I had to learn of, of tempering my reaction, hmm. um, which is, has broadened in life. I, was, I feel like I'm still learning it. Uh, like even today I was running late and I was like, oh, God. And I was like, all right. All right, now, Christian, <laughs> you know, temper this reaction. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure this out. That inner dialogue is critical. <laughs> Absolutely. To navigate through some of these spaces. All right, I got a couple more for you. Now, we talked about you being a singer, obviously a DJ. I would mm-hmm. say that it would be something that uh, it would be an easy assumption to say that you have a general love of music, right? We talked about the Zion. Absolutely. Okay, what would you say is <laughs> the role that music plays in your life and overall health it is it is my partner in crime when it comes to my life and my overall health i mean it it goes side by side um truthfully i should probably charge my headphones because they're a little low but they're low because i use them so much you know um it's one of those things uh like i said i had a a bit of a rough morning so coming down here i have got a couple of tracks that like are my go-to like cool down it's going to be okay. Like, we're going to get through this. Um, but then sometimes it's about hyping me up. You know what I mean? When I leave here, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm about to walk into a, a you know, a Broadway theater for the first time as a cast member. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm about to play, I'm about to play some Rocky John. You know, I'm there about to play go. something. Because uh, we made it. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I'm doing that. Uh, but no, music is, I literally, I think I, I live to a soundtrack. Like, I'm always listening to music. Um, I'm always trying to find new music. I'm always, uh, so it's, 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 yeah, me and music never are apart. I, what, how, I got to quit. I'm going to take, I'm going to take it to another space. <laughs> so Uh-oh. be honest with me right now. Uh-huh. How long did it take you from the time you got the official Broadway, we on Broadway, you knew what was up Yeah. till you flexed on somebody with it and was like, <clears throat> on Broadway. <laughs> I'm a Broadway actor. I'm Broadway. <laughs> oh, that's Christian funny. Thompson Broadway. That's funny. Um, you know, it took me a while actually. I didn't I didn't I didn't flex hard uh quick because we still had a show to do. Yeah. Like because we were in the middle of a tour, like we still had to turn around and do the show that night <laughs> and the next day. You know what I mean? So you didn't you didn't get time to like process. Right, yeah. right. No, but then then I came back to I came back to the city and as you can see I've got like some of the merch on right now. Hell yeah. Um, Hit them with the flags, right. baby. Ain't too proud to wear the merch. So <laughs> Hell yeah. So I, uh, with with having time off, I um I was seeing a bunch of shows, you know. So there there have been a couple of times since I've been back. One time I was at a show and someone leaned over another person and was like, excuse me, did you see that? Did you see that show? Because I saw that show in D.C. and it was the best thing I've ever seen. I was like, well, actually, I'm in it. Uh, so, <laughs> so you talk, talking to smoke, even. you know, and so, <laughs> and that happened, that happened again at a bar. One of the waitresses literally came over and was like, I'm sorry, but how are you a part of, like, how do you know this show? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually in it, you know, or one time I was, you know, in line for like some tickets or something like that. And I was like, well, you know, I just can't wait to be, you know, next door at the, you know, at the Imperial, and they were like, oh, yeah, well, what are you doing at the Imperial? I was like, well, you know, I'm in this little show called Ain't Too Proud, you know, 
That's it. Yeah, that's it. And they're like, oh my goodness, are you really? I was like, yeah, you know, you can look it up. I play Smokey. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Dude, I just want to wait till, wait till this sink in. Because when it sink in, he's going to be like, hey, you're going to say it with your chest. Look, 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 look here. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you know this, man, uh-huh. I'm but I'm Smokey. Hello. Okay. So Smokey. I hope you hurry up with my damn double cheeseburger because <laughs> <laughs> I am on the clock nah, right now. <laughs> nah, it'll never be like that. I mean, so, and the reason I say it'll never be like that because. I I was hit down with the humble real quick, even on this break. So, you know, a couple of those things would happen, but because it was such a long break, I had to get a, a day job, you know? So I ended up selling, selling merch for different Broadway shows. So I was like at the Hamilton store, like working, looking at my Broadway theater, you know, just like, I'm going to be there, but right now I'm folding this shirt. <laughs> like, and it was one of those things where I was like, oh, that's right. Like, don't forget where you at like don't forget like even though you are moving next door you know or across the street in a couple of weeks like you were a day away from doing this and you are a day away from going back to that um so that for me hopefully will will stay on my mind um it's nice because i've made some good friends in the merch in the merch world so i can always be like y'all help me out I think I'm, I just told some lady to screw screw herself because she looked at Smokey the wrong way. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> you gonna start referring to herself in the third person. I know you ain't right. talking to Smokey. Like you ain't that. talking to Smokey. You ain't you got no smoke, smoke for Smokey. Right. You don't want to smoke his smoke. <laughs> Listen, so if it ever gets to that, I've always told my friends, let me know. I got you. Be, I know you do. I know immediately. You do. I don't have to ask you. <laughs> Yo, that's what's up, man. Yeah, you got to have a crew of people to keep you grounded. Absolutely. But I love the idea of just the visual that you're leaving us off with, where you know that you already got the, the job secure, but you still had to go to work for the in-between time. And mm-hmm. that's a part that a lot of people don't really understand and appreciate. Yeah. And don't think that I skipped over the fact that you was doing that for Hamilton, too, because Lin-Manuel, he's still here, those footsteps. He's you coming hear me? for you. <laughs> he was already coming. in your building. Listen, I ain't even coming for you. I'm just coming to be in that show. That's right? all I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to make that next door move, you know. You're going to make it happen, man. Yo, Christian, thank you so much for coming through. I appreciate it. Really appreciate your time, energy, effort. He's an artist in the truest sense, folks. Could you let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Christian Thompson, actor, Christian dash thompson.net uh at dj cutlass those, those are them That's all it. right folks once again it's been another terrific episode of off the strength i'm a trainer called tony your trainer Corey. kr jones underscore thank you so much for tuning in peace and much love until next time everybody we'll see you soon <laughs>